going on, everybody? And welcome back to Salty Runback. Here to be your weekly intake of North American Developmental League of Legends. It's been a while since we said that phrase, and that is because we are finally back for our first episode of Salty Runback in 2024, as today is the day that the NACL season finally begins. Welcome, everybody, once again. We're going to call it Season 2, but it's still Episode 36 of Salty Runback. My name is Grapes, alongside Hawk. We hope you enjoyed our uh, Pinch of Salt series where we broke down all 10 of these NACL teams. But we're finally back for a, a more normal episode and this will be kind of the cadence as we go on throughout the season uh hawk it's finally here we're finally ready for season 14 yeah man yes we are season 14 is upon us uh if you're watching this episode it means that challengers league starts today qualifier starts today and lcs starts today i mean so much action grapes we have now flown one year around the sun with salty run back and what a ride it has been. I mean, how exciting is it? We've been doing our pinch of salt breakdowns all the way up leading up to the season. We've got a lot of big plans coming as well, some of which you all have already seen uh, with some new content creators joining the squad. We're going to have content going out on the weekdays uh, for as many days as we can. But, of course, this is going nowhere. Salty Runback Season 2. Yeah, here for year two, and just just because things are staying similar over here, as you said, doesn't mean that uh, things are going to look different on other platforms. I think, as you alluded to, Hawk, we uh, welcomed a new face into the family. Welcome to Deserex, who is probably right now getting ready to commentate on the NA Challengers League. Uh, Deserex, uh, of course, if you know him, been around for years he's going to be helping us out uh, with some uh, other content that he wants uh, to, to put up there and um, you'll be seeing that here on this channel during the week and give you a, a, a bit of a more consistent upload schedule um, yeah. and on top of that our new show uh, which has kind of taken over as the official coverage for the NACL qualifiers tier three tonight has also been announced and that will be happening this Thursday for our first episode at 7 p.m. Eastern on the LCS Challengers League channel. Make sure to check that out. We'll talk a little bit more about why uh, this show kind of does exist and what uh, we'll go into it a little bit later. But I know Hawk and I are personally very excited about it. Um, and we hope that you will be too after uh, you, you tune oh, yeah. in for the first time. And not only that, we have another announcement coming. Grapes, do we say our announcement's coming Monday for uh, another like product that. that we have on the way? So, yeah, we are we're cooking. But, Grapes, shall, shall we get started talking about the North American development yeah. scene we, and we, uh, get going with our headlines here? We had a lot of housekeeping to get uh, get through, but I feel like yeah, we did yeah. a good job. Um, yeah. you know, we're, we're finally both settled into our new our new locations. I'm back at school for my last semester. Hawk, you're out in California finally. All I'm settled there on the West Coast. Yeah, you're if actually going to be in LCS as this episode I premieres. I will. I will literally be there. Uh, you know, as a fan, uh, not I'm not working. Nothing that crazy, <laughs> sadly. But uh, <laughs> no, I'll be there as a fan. Should be a lot of fun. Um. I know if you hadn't watched Pinster Salt, you would notice that my backdrop is very different. It's also going to be very different next time you see me when I actually put up my backdrop finally um, before Tier 3 tonight premieres. But um, yeah, we uh, we finally made it to Los Angeles. It was a long time coming. I know over the last couple Salty Runback episodes, you could like slowly see me like descend into insanity over the move. So now we're here. Woo. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Oh. 
We've stalled long enough, Hawk. Let's get into our first Let's headline section of 2024. We'll start in the L LCS Challengers League by talking about um, week one of the NACL. And our, my first question to you is going to be, which of these teams has the most to prove going into this first week? Of course, there, you, there's conversations about all of these teams, but if you had to pick somebody who right off the bat wants to get off uh, on the right foot, who are you taking? There And there's a lot of answers to this question, I feel like, because Grapes, when we did Pinch Assault, we raised question marks about basically every team. I mean, even the number one community power rank team, which is actually going to be my choice for this question in FlyQuest Ooh. Challengers, is like, there's a lot to prove for this team. Surdy and Shaden and Chime are all players that are considered LCS ready, LCS worthy. Surdy and Shaden in particular, two players that were going to be getting that first real shot. Obviously, Shaden did play in LCS last split, but um, you know it, it would be their opportunity to really prove that they do belong at that level. Uh, Surdy, it would just be straight up his first shot there. Um, and now not having that opportunity after the implosion of Evil Geniuses, they have something to prove. Um, Quad has something to prove in the mid lane for himself coming over from LCK Challengers. You have Sajed, who, I mean, that, like, you want to talk about something to prove? He, he is the rookie piece on one of the most high-profile Challengers rosters. Grapes, we talked about how not too many teams took chances on rookies this split. And most of the rookies are, are concentrated on the, the lower-tier teams that didn't really have much of a choice, right? Like they just ran back a certain roster um, or whatever, right? So yeah, there there's a lot to prove for FlyQuest challengers. And when the expectation is that they are going to be the best or maybe the second best team, depending on who you ask, that's a lot to live up to for, for how many questions surround this team. Yeah, expectations definitely very high here for, for FlyQuest. And I'm expecting them to match it, although I don't know yeah. how... Ex how like long it would it could necessarily take right you know we when you have these pieces in the carry roles that we did kind of label as potential question marks in Sajed uh, and Quad you don't know if that's really gonna um, be the same FlyQuest team that we're looking at now versus at the end of the split because potentially over you know a couple weeks of, of you know more scrims and practice maybe those guys can continue to get better so I actually kind of disagree with you in the sense that I don't necessarily put too much stock into FlyQuest's first game because I know they're going to have a lot of time to improve and a lot of new yeah, players on their team, especially because their first game, which is the first game of the NACL season, actually, as I look through the schedule, is against DSG, who is going to be a very strong force to be reckoned with. So um, my answer wouldn't be FlyQuest. I am ch I check in right now. The, the team that I would have said uh, is actually Supernova because they're a team that mm. a lot of people were very excited about when their roster got announced, but slowly and slowly kind of had their stock drop as other teams had announced their rosters like Team Liquid Disguise and FlyQuest to where they're kind of around that fourth place tier. But if you ask anybody on that roster, I would imagine that they think that they have the potential to win the split because they have really strong players all throughout the board. Their first matchup, actually, though, doesn't come until week two. The way that the schedule works for NACL is only eight out of the ten teams actually play in a single week. So we're going to have to wait until them. Maybe they have the most to prove in week number two. Uh, but, if I did have to pick, uh, but if I did have to pick one, I, I'm, I'm not so sure. But, but what, do you, what do you think about, about Supernova here, Hawk? I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense if you're coming at it from the lens of, like, something to prove means that, like, they uh, they need to be good quickly, right? And, and I like, I, I definitely can see that angle for Supernova. I actually 
I, I, I feel like we interpret this question slightly differently because Supernova was not on my radar because I expect this team to just be pretty good and they should hopefully just be pretty good. Like, and, and even though obviously losing out the gate based on that expectation wouldn't be very good, I guess like I, to me, a team like Supernova doesn't need to prove that they're probably going to be good. Whereas FlyQuest, if you're talking about these individual player narratives, right? Like, they, they to me, have a lot to prove. But so, I, I guess it's kind of like a difference of, like, yeah. interpretation of the question. I think we're just coming um, at this question yeah. a little bit differently. Yeah, we're, we're because... just coming at it differently. But, I, I mean, yeah, from your perspective, I do think, like, a team like Supernova, I'm also looking at, you know, um, I, honestly, even, like, a team like like Lit Esports or Wildcard who might have lower expectations overall coming in with the similar like the similar roster like can you come out the gate and can you prove that uh running with a somewhat existing roster is a good change I I, I can see that angle Graves I know we also wanted to use this headline as well to talk about Mirage Alliance <laughs> because even though none of us chose this team uh Mirage Alliance you know this is headline They've number got some six things to prove as well yeah so they, this is headline number six that. they uh kicked scooped what like, like a week less than a week before nacl starts roll swap prismal back to ad carry uh dardock back to support and then they brought in will um from what i have been told scrim bucks are not in favor of either iteration of mirage alliance and grapes in my opinion uh they have a lot to prove right they now. have a lot to prove <laughs> because they have, I mean, to make a decision like this, this this close to the NACL, first of all, reflects very poorly on the organization, just straight up. Um, and you better back that up with some serious play. You know, if you're going to come in 7th or 8th anyway, that's that's a little embarrassing. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I've, I've aired my thoughts out about this Mirage Alliance situation all yeah. over, on, over on my Twitter. Look at our Twitters kind of if you look want at a little to... bit more. Um, but I do agree, they do have a lot to prove because, and and they probably have a lot of pressure riding now, even more than before, kind of on how their regular season actually ends up panning out. Because when you're in a situation like that, um, the the easiest way to kind of make people forget about things is just to 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 do good things, a aka just be to good. win. Yep. Uh, if you win, I feel like a lot of the time, all the negative press that kind of might be circulating goes away a little bit. Um, you you <laughs> noticed even Mirage Alliance announced their, their new coach, Svenskaren, which is a very exciting hire, uh, kind of the day after it, and that had like a lot of good traction on social media. So um, I think if they want to prove that this was the right choice, making sure that they have a good season, obviously more important than even it was before. But um, their first matchup against Fear, it's a pretty good one. Uh, and yeah, I guess I guess that's another another team that I'll have my eyes on for sure when they when they start their season off on Sunday. Yeah, definitely gonna be one. But oh, I just can't wait for the action to start because everybody's got something to prove in the Challengers League. Uh, see, I mi I miss when this was called. Well, I guess you know it was only the playoffs was called the proving grounds, but it was so literal, you know, because everyone's got something to prove in tier two. Yeah, I feel like I could have answered the, that this question for for any of them, but. We've already yeah. spent a long time. Everybody on has something to prove. Yeah. We will be talking more about just the NACL teams in general um, in our part two. So make sure to stay tuned for that. But let's talk a little bit more about some of the logistics going on here in this season, Hawk, because there are some changes now that the LCS is officially going to be happening on weekends, which I think is a ha exciting thing for a lot of the fans. But it does include changes 
here for the NACL and, of course, the NACL qualifiers, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But let's start off here with the NACL. They, alongside the LCS, will both be running on live patch. This is not something that um, typically has been thought of as even a possibility in Professional League of Legends, but it's um, a, a pretty exciting change. Uh, and another thing that's happening with the NACL is they're getting pushed back a little bit. Um, so they'll be kind of the broadcast that immediately follows the LCS. So after you watch your best of ones in the LCS, you can go watch the best of threes over in the Challengers League. It'll send you right to that stream. What do we think about these changes for the overall state of the NACL? I, and I, Grapes, I just love it. I think this is so cool. I think this is cool for the NACL. I think this is cool for LCS. Grapes, I know we already talked about Fearless Draft and how, regardless of how competitive it is, it might be interesting. And that's my take on this change as well, is like, look, people, when they talk about, like, competitive sometimes, they way over-obsess on, like, stability and balance and things like that, which, yes, are very important. Don't get me wrong. But... Something like playing on live patch, I think that just throws like the right amount of chaos into things. You know, it doesn't need to be perfectly stable, perfectly balanced every single game where we play Vi Wukong in the jungle every game. Like, nah, man, if 13.1, uh, sorry, 14.1B is a little like kooky, then like, you know, fuck it. Like, I, I just think it, this to me embraces maybe what playing what what esports should be about right which is uh playing the game that we love at an extremely high level and a competitive level and making it entertaining that is what esports is here to do and so you know and when we talk about playing the game that we love i think playing a live patch brings lcs and nacl more in line with the player base it, it makes it feel more connected i just think there's so many reasons why this is actually a great change and i'm i'm very happy about this yeah, I, I remember, I, th I think Covey mentioned this, I think on Hotline League a couple of days ago, that um, NACL actually, back in, I think, last season, or maybe two seasons ago, season 12, uh, when they were on the weekdays, were actually the first league to, to um, run the new patch as it kind of happened. And oh, how right. they thought that that I was a cool that. way to kind of be the forefront of in showing off what innovation can look like here in League of Legends. And and I think this, of course, takes that to another degree um, and does make things very interesting. And I hope that players and teams really take advantage of this and try to find all these unique strategies, especially in the in the Challengers League, where Fearless Draft does become a thing. After, you know, all your, your standard meta picks are, are kind of taken off the table and you're here in this game, the game two or game three, Maybe you whip out a, a unique counter pick that just got buffed on the recent patch, and you try out this new tech that people have been have been playing like uh, over the first few days of the patch. Uh, it might be a, a bit of an adjustment, as you know, you'll have to uh, adapt very quickly as you know the patch comes out on Wednesday and you, you play that Saturday. But I think it's going to be very exciting, and I also think the um, immediate hosting going from LCS to NACL is going to do wonders in terms of increasing our fan base and increasing the viewer base yeah. of <clears throat> developmental, yeah. at least in tier two, because uh, you know, people are just going to stick around. There are less games now in LCS, so if you still have a fix for League of Legends on your weekends, you can, can go over to watch NACL. Um, I, I know that they had a lot of success when LEC would actually raid Challengers League um, You know, after those games actually ended up happening. Um, and I think this will actually make it even this will kind of exempt uh sorry amplify that effect that it had on like getting more viewers uh on on this league yeah no i i think it's a really cool change i i'm very excited for 
I, I think the NACL has made multiple changes for this year that are intended to bring eyes to the league. And I think they're all, I think that's great. And I, I actually really heavily support them. And this is one of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about all the changes happening here in the challengers league. Hopefully I know there have been, you know, a bunch of cuts and, and, you know, there's less games, less talent hours and less, you know, competition hours, but hopefully this does increase our, our kind of viewer base and increase the popularity around this league. And then eventually that can lead to more sustainability down the road. And we hope maybe we're just in a bit of a patch right now. But speaking of being in a bit of a rough patch, Hawk, let's talk about our next headline, which is the NACL qualifiers. You might have noticed going straight from LCS starting at 12 noon Pacific into the NACL, which would go presumably from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. Pacific. That's 2 a.m. if it goes all six hours uh, over on the East Coast. There's not a ton of space for the qualifiers. And so what Riot has decided to do is um, not allow broadcasts of the NACL qualifiers for at least the start of this year. They have mentioned that they're open to changes if things really aren't going the right way. Um, and in terms of their official coverage, it'll be replaced by our new show, Tier 3 Tonight. Uh, we can talk about what that will look like a little bit later and why we hope that it's a, a solid uh, alternative to just having live broadcasts available, but Hawk, what's your initial reaction to just the state of, of where we are in Tier 3? And see, Grace, is kind of funny because, of course, this is not, at, you know, at the time of recording, it's not really a, a reaction anymore because we did know that this was a possibility a while ago, which is so frustrating that it still ended up happening this way because... Like, we knew that there probably wouldn't be any official live coverage, but the fact that no unofficial coverage is available either is tough. And I, I honestly think the biggest problem with everything that's happened has been the communication stream because nobody really knew what was going on with the qualifiers until, like, a week and a half ago when, the, uh, when it was announced and the application went out. And then all of a sudden, all this information comes out about how the qualifiers cannot be streamed in any capacity because the games are on weekends, which I don't think anyone really foresaw when, when even though the players did overwhelmingly vote in favor of playing on weekends. That is important context. Um, but no one foresaw, like, this stream blackout. And then Tier 3 tonight was not announced for, like, another full week almost following, like, this information. Um, and actually, at the time of recording, we have still had no idea how that show is going to be received. Um, so it's just like, it's, it's just like the communication stream has been really, I, I think was the ball was dropped on that a little bit. Uh, and people are really understandably frustrated. And I, I like, it's just a really hard situation because I like honestly do, I, I know like a lot of people are saying like, it's the dumbest rule ever. And it is, I, I would generally like agree. Like, I, I think that the situation is Riot shouldn't should probably just remove the rule. I, I disagree with the rule. However, like I can understand why it exists, and there is precedent here. Like ERLs play on weekdays, you know? Like yeah. there there is precedent here. So I get it. Uh because the flagship product should be its own thing. And then, you know, at the same time, uh like the other products should have their own spotlight as well. But it's just a unique situation that we're in here where the qualifiers have to be on weekends. So 
I guess my reaction is that it sucks. And the main the main thing that I guess I want to end on, I've really rambled here, is like, um, I hope that there that this can be seen as a temporary thing, and it's not like, all right, no qualifier live streams whatsoever for the whole year, and then we kind of just forget yep. about it. That's the main thing. I want to see like a solution proposed uh, for either yep. qualifier two or summer split. Just to provide a very quick timeline in case this is the first time that anyone watching, you know, has heard about these changes. You could also um, watch at, a video that I posted that provides some context on this as well. So. Yeah. So so back at the end of Summer Split, when Summer Split concluded, like right around the promotion tournament, a survey went out internally in the NACLQ Discord uh, to players and coaches to fill out, uh, kind of expressing their thoughts on how they thought this year ended up going and, and what they'd want to kind of continue in the future. One of those questions was... Um, asking if the players and coaches and staff preferred games being on weekends or if they wanted to go back to like a weekday schedule. I think a lot of the people that ended up filling out they like being on weekends because you know it makes sense. Um, you're a league where you can't necessarily play in tier three to sustain yourself full time. You have to go to work and, and go to school. Um, so it makes sense to kind of be more willing or be more um, accepting of playing on the weekends. I don't think the people that filled out that survey realized that LCS a would be moved to weekends and and b necessarily would cause conflict in a way right. where these streams would kind of would be blacked it, it, out it, in a way. It is worth noting that like even last year with the games on weekends like it was worse for the stream. So there is a little bit of precedent there, but yeah, I mean like also most of these players understandably like should not vote with like live streams in mind because this changes a lot worse for any sort of streams and by extension slightly worse for the players as well that are now not getting directly covered live but like you know you got to do what you got to do to have a life <laughs> so yeah i i think i have a i have a feeling that now that you know this is kind of the situation more players might be willing to to change their minds in terms of being willing to like you know, move their schedules around to play on the weekdays. That was something that happened in 2022. There, I know there was talks about moving things this split here to the weekdays, and that was pretty heavily voted against, and I think that makes sense because you can't change the schedule so quickly before the season actually uh, does end up starting. But maybe in the future, uh, that does uh, end up becoming a thing. And I think we also got information that the blackout of live streams are only going to happen like on the... might. I think it's only going to be... The case only like on days LCS with LCS, yeah. So there is a two-week break in the LCS between um, February 11th and like the start of March. So those two weeks in between, uh, which will be the finals of Qualifier 1 and the Swiss bracket of Qualifier 2, likely will have some sort of live coverage, whether it's official or unofficial. We haven't really worked out all the details that, of that on our side. But I'm just going to leak this. That like, means... I, feel like, I feel like this isn't a leak. We haven't confirmed anything, but we, we are going to be well, doing that's our the thing. We haven't. We're going to we be working very, anything. very hard to make sure that we're able to do live coverage of finals weekend on the official broadcast on LCS Challengers. Oh well, I guess it wouldn't be on LCS. Would it? No, because any sales okay. happening at that time. Because any so. sales happening. Well, we're going to try to do live official. Coverage. Yeah, details have not been, <laughs> yeah. have not been finalized. So, um, yeah, yeah. but we'll either do it unofficially or we'll do it officially in some in some capacity with Rally Cry, um, which I think leads into our uh, discussion, kind of about what tier three tonight is going to be if you um of course saw the announcement or saw hawk's video you might know a little bit more uh, but basically it is a way for us to broadcast and, and provide coverage of all of the games that are happening every week or at least most of them in in, in regards to swiss because we're not going to be able to cover every swiss game um 
in a bit of a, a short time span, which also allows us the opportunity to provide uh, additional content, whether it's pre-recorded or, or interviews and things like that. Uh, and we hope it becomes uh, a, a valuable piece of work that gets put out on challengers every every week and that people even if they did watch full vods of the games in the past and know the results can still come and and, and get value from it yep yeah i mean it's it's such an unideal situation and in the in the video that i posted again and it's on my youtube um and there's a link on twitter uh like i kind of talked about this more um where like it was an unideal situation for us and it's an even more unideal situation for so so many people and i really hope that like this is temporary um tier three tonight as of now just for full transparency is only contra uh, contracted for spring split so, so things could totally change for summer things could change before then um but i'm hoping that tier three tonight is at least able to we we aim to not just cover games, we aim to tell stories, we aim to highlight players, and we aim to really bring value because um, that's what this scene deserves. So, yeah, that's the and, goal. and it it might be a bit of a like shaky start depending on just like us getting the ball rolling on things. Nah, it's gonna be perfect from it's gonna be perfect from the gun. <laughs> we still have a lot of things we we want to plan out, and so. It, please be patient with us and provide feedback uh, if you have any about like how you would like these shows to go, if you like the direction they're going or, or not. I think that would be very valuable to us, especially at the beginning, just so we know kind of what the community wants. But we think the product that we are, are planning and, and, and going to be pushing out on Thursday is something that will be valuable and something that people will enjoy. So we hope that you, you tune in this Thursday night. So um, before we before that happens, though, we got some games to talk about here, Hawk. Yes, the sir. Swiss bracket is starting today. It might actually have already started by the time this podcast comes out uh, with all 32 teams uh, seated by the selection committee uh, playing five rounds of Swiss. And, of course, it's the same format as last year where you've got to go three and two to make it in. And then after the two tournaments have concluded, the top four teams will make it into the promotion tournament. Right off the bat, Hawk, we have our top four seeds lined up right now in number one being of course Winthrop University then Team Fish Taco Aporia and Ole Miss do we think that these are going to be the four teams going into the promotion tournament or do you have another option um I would say at least the collegiate teams to me feel like pretty safe favorites uh Team Fish Taco is also very very good the only reason I hesitate to include Aporia is rosters can maybe change more with the amateur teams than the collegiate teams but Grapes I really I think these four teams like are definitely the four best teams. I mean, I, I've hired, I, I, on my seating, I did them one through four, right? But uh, yeah. I'm going to just add in a little addendum where assuming Team Fish Taco makes no changes, um, the two real promotion favorites are Winthrop University and Team Fish Taco. These are just the oh. two best teams in this tournament. There's nothing else to be said. They are better, and they will be the best. In case you haven't... Uh like look check gone through all the rosters well i'll just run through some of them right now winthrop of course was seated number one by everybody except for two people on the committee that's of course the same old roster of denethor trickster sword mobility and chookies team fish taco large components of ta from last summer but they have limo levitating snow 2 from that team they have hoarder who's seven in the top lane and sudsy from mirage alliance uh coming back into the qualifiers Which, that's a big pickup a third <laughs> straight split yeah uh, aporia consists of lawrence music samikin Lynx, and rovex so two NACL veterans, and three other exciting pieces that um, we're looking forward to seeing. And then Ole Miss uh, is 
pretty much the exact same roster, but they have Straight, who is a Latin American import coming into the top lane for them alongside Atlantic Hero, your Uncle Sam, Shogo, and Rhino. Yeah. And, and and I would expect these four teams to definitely be the strongest. I think most people are on that wavelength. Some people were, in my opinion, criminally underrating Ole Miss. I think they're going to find out. Uh, they're, they're fucking around, and they're going to find out this split. That's all I'm saying, because uh, that yeah. team has some great players. Um, but, no, I, I, I think it's Winthrop and TFT, though, all the way. Like, like Ole Miss, I think, will be in the mix. Aporia, if they keep their roster, will definitely be in the mix. Um, but... But Winthrop, Winthrop will promote into the Challengers League. Like, I'm Ooh. just going to say that. They will promote in the Challengers League. I would, I honestly think we could count the number of games that they drop this split, um, like, on, on our hands. Uh, and Team Fish Taco, to me, is, like, beneath Winthrop, but they are definitely stronger than the other remaining teams. Uh, I mean, Sudsy... Sudsy would be probably a, like, top half mid laner in the NACL. It, it, well, I would have to look Ooh. exactly. But uh, top, maybe yeah. not top he'd half, be, but, like, he would be, be solid. top. He'd be solidly middle of the pack, yeah. I think. He, he would not be, like, the worst mid laner in the NACL if he was there right now. Um, that bot lane is filthy. Hoarder is a bit of a question mark, but he uh, has been playing really well in Champions Q. Um, yeah, yeah th these are the teams to beat. So, I'm just kidding. I'm excited for Aporia. Lynx. Lynx was one of my favorite players to watch in, in Challengers League. I find it a little bit sad that he wasn't on a team this year, but at least he's got a good roster, hopefully, on Aporia to kind of to kind of go th through uh, with. And um, some of the teams that finish right outside could maybe sneak in if things go wrong for another one of these teams. CCG, BlackRock Esports, and Lotus. Uh, some some uh, interesting names on those teams. CCG has Crimson, Sniper's Brother, alongside uh, Red, Trevor, Vacant, and Flocon. Um, Lotus has an interesting team where they got uh, a lot of uh, collegiate players with Porsche and Frost Forest in the top jungle, and then like Aljun, Psycho, and Mixture. Uh, so, so there's some interesting ones, but they all kind of have different question marks in their own right, where I feel like the top two, and then especially the top four, don't really as much. Yeah. No, I I, I would agree. I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm, I don't really have much else to say. I think these are the four best teams. I think Team Fish Taco, Winthrop, definitely the two best teams. And uh, they're... Everyone else is going to have their work cut out for them. But, of course, anything can happen because all it takes yeah. is one good best of three to knock one of these guys out. Yeah, there's a reason that the they are the top four seeds, in my opinion. And that can kind of lead into uh, topic number five, our last headline, because um, while our ballots are official uh, and public right now, if you go to the Rally Cry Twitter account, you can see where we placed all these teams. Let's talk about, Hawk, a team in the OQs that we think was seeded a little bit too high and a team that we thought was seated just a little bit too low. Grapes, I think we both agree on who was seated too high. Do you just want to like say it together? Like three, two, one, uh uh three, two, one. <laughs> three, two, one, UCI. UCI. Yeah. Oh, this team that feels went bad. one and one and four last spring. Then they went did they go one and four again or two and three? They played in both the spring qualifiers. And yeah, uh, so missed. in spring both they times. went two and four. In spring they went two and three. In some in spring qualifier one, sorry, they went two three. In the second one, they went one and four, albeit probably with some stronger teams in the middle of the pack. So yes, you no, know, I think the field has gotten weaker, but I don't know if you see I will jump that hard. Um, and then in Celo, they also got knocked out, I believe, in the first round. So yes, even though they have a very exciting uh, group of players like Cinna, Mike Young, and Gorica, Light Pulse, and and even Elated up in the top line, who's a little bit newer, just given their track record, you know, at some point it it does you know feel a little bit bad to to keep 
hoping that this team puts it together. And if, I know yeah. they did uh, have a good performance against UCSD, but when they've been on this stage, it's, I think the last time they made a Swiss stage was back in spring 2022. So that sounds wild. Yeah, and back then they were taking games off of Golden Guardians Academy. How the mighty have fallen for UCI, unfortunately. Like, this seems tough because I feel like they still, like, should be able to promote. Like, Grapes, you had them ranked 16, I had them 15. So we still had them in, like, promotion position. But, uh, or, or, like, uh, qualification, I should say. But, like, um... I think 12 is too high. I, I think there's some teams that they are ranked higher than that I actually think are really exciting. Uh, there are two two collegiate teams that they are ranked higher than that I think are definitely better than them in, in ISU and Purdue Northwest. Um, honestly, like, yeah, this team, this bot lane does not have the swagger that uh, either of these players did in, like, 21 or 22 um, back in those days. Uh, this I mean, top side... I think the players are good. I think they just—it's just some something. Yeah, has so, happened something. But like, I mean, I'm gonna—I'm gonna be honest. When we—they're cursed somehow. Yeah, I don't know. But when we—I will say like—and—and and I'm not trying to like flame anyone. But when we when we watched UCI last, Gorica and Lightpulse were not playing very well. Um. So, uh, and and I mean that we know the ceiling that these guys can play to. So it's not like it's you know impossible or anything. Um. I do think Cinna is very very good for what that's worth. Um. I think Cinna's an exciting player. Um, and yeah, this top side hasn't been incredible either. So I don't know. I think, I think these, this team should be able to promote, but West conference of CLOL is not what it used to be, unfortunately. And UCI, uh, still leading that pack. Um, what's, yeah. what's interesting really quick is that a lot of like either players that are on like the B team for UCI or like have formerly been on UCI, like Barrick over on gentle hearts and then Excelsis and Zhao Danny on sleepy callers are both yeah. ahead of UCI in the power rankings. And I think deservedly so. So yeah, that, that's they they showed up in they showed at. up in twenty three UCI did not unfortunately so yeah um, in, in terms of a player that is, a team sorry that is maybe underseated do you have do you have any anyone that you want to talk about real quick yes I do well okay I already talked a little bit about Purdue Northwest I guess I, I can talk about them a little bit but I don't want to like steal yours because I think that was yours um, no go Purdue for it Nor Purdue Northwest is a little low having them under ISU is kind of crazy to me uh, ISU to me is like so decidedly mid as far as like the CLL teams are concerned. Uh, I think Purdue Northwest has a little bit more uh, like fire to them. They have a winning record against ISU this fall as well. Um, so I think they're a little low at 16. I would, I, I would have just basically swapped UCI and uh, <laughs> Purdue. Um, that's a, that's and a then good take, I think. My other take is going to be um, another collegiate team. I think uh, OC is a little low at 21. Grapes, I see you have them right there at 21 but i think this team yeah. actually should be pretty good i did not have them a promotion position i had them at uh 18 which is three slots higher than they currently are so still like in a two three spot but i think oc is definitely going to be a bubble team emps their mid laner who uh has just come to the, the school from harrisburg i want to say yep um is is very good uh and, and he was he was playing jungle all the fall tournaments as well so right finally getting to play mid lane finally back like another, in mid yeah yeah, I, I think Oklahoma Christian should be pretty strong. Uh, and and I, I would not be surprised to see this team in the top 16 when it all shakes out. So I, I to me, having them down at 21 is like, oh, okay, I don't think this team is going to qualify. I think they can. So I, I would have them higher. I, I definitely think they can. I, I think there are also other teams that like are higher ELO, for instance, uh, and, and feature some exciting players that I, I power ranked higher. Um, I definitely, I had them, I think, I had them above... 
um, UCSD and also Bethany, which that was like kind of the group. Oh yeah, I had them. I had them above together. Bethany. Um, Be- Bethany at twenty is a little high for me, but yeah, that's, that's all the colli- um, all the collegiate teams are the uh, ones we have takes about. We just talked a lot about collegiate. I'll, I'll mention one collegiate, one non-collegiate team before we move on because I know we've been we've been dragging these headlines out for a little bit. Uh, Wang's Revenge at thirteen. I had them ranked eleventh, which I think was tied for the. Oh no, Colmer had them at ten. But I think this team actually does have a good chance to even like pull off a a, cra- a random like 4-1 if things really get wild in, in the Swiss bracket. They have Boil the Oil, Rapid, Debonair, also another UCI guy, Deathwalker, and Karulian, who are all players that have been on like decent teams but have never really been able to, to really kind of push that next level. And I think specifically Rapid and um Debon Rapid and Karulian, sorry, and their jungle support um, I'm very excited to watch, and yeah. the other players have kind of been like all these on these like supportive pieces on on different teams, or or just haven't really gotten their chance in the spotlight. And hopefully, they'll they'll get a good opportunity to to really show some people up because I have them pretty high. Yeah, I think Rapid is a player that's improved a lot. He's been on a lot of lower tier OQ teams. I think this Wang's uh, Revenge team is the best one that he's been on so far. Um, honestly, I think I think Wang's Revenge is. Uh, tiered right about where I would have them. I had them at 14. They're at 13. Um, the people that put them at 20 are cooked out of their minds, by the way. Like, no shade, but it's true. Um, this team should be pretty good. So I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I, I didn't have too many hot takes now that I'm looking through. Like, nothing really differed by too much compared yeah. to some of my other lists where I where I have been a little bit more opinionated, I guess. My, especially- let's see, my hottest take... Oh, was Reluminate. I really am not excited about this team. So well, maybe, well, maybe we'll see. That's the that's the Crucile Shimmer team. Yep. They they did they did make a top sixteen as as a pair last season on uh, Conviction. So they have some other pieces around them. I think XP is pretty good. We'll see. We'll see how they end up doing. I had them eighteen, which is exactly where they're seated. But some of the people had them a little bit higher. So uh, still a possibility, but. I think that's enough right now for the headlines. If you want to learn more about the open qualifiers and how they ended up going, of course you can uh, tune in to uh, what what's it even called? Tier three tonight, this Thursday <laughs> at seven p.m. where we'll break all that down. But for now, it's time to talk a little bit more about the NACL in our part two. Of course, Salty Runback is a podcast, and that means we got to do some tier lists every once in a while. And to kick off season two, we're gonna be doing our own power rankings here for the start of the 2024 spring season with the LCS Challengers League. So we got all 10 of these teams lined up. Shout out to Andrea or Ejihoon on Twitter for pulling this together. And I know a lot of people have kind of put their own tier list together and posted them online. It's been really cool to see. Um, and shout out to Andrea for making that happen. But we're going to be doing it as well here on Salty Runback Hawk. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, time is a flat circle. We started with... Uh, a tier list at the very beginning of Salty Runback. And now we're starting season two with one as well. But first, let's provide a little bit of context for the people back home. Uh, for those of you that have, may or may not, have been watching Pinch of Salt, we sent out a community power ranking poll uh, at the beginning of, uh, or like a couple weeks ago. We got 40 or so responses. So shout out to every single person that filled that out. And basically, we had uh, everyone in the community that wanted to fill out their own power ranking for the Challengers League teams based on their regular season performance. Uh, and the best one will get a prize. And then we also, in reverse order of the community power rankings, did our pinch of salt episodes. And so um, this is how that sort of shook out. Left to right matters, left higher than the right. Um, and we broke it up into tiers based on like how the averages shook out. So FlyQuest at the top, then Team Liquid Disguised, 
Supernova in their own in fourth, and then we had two tiers of Fear AoE Mirage, and then Maryville Lit and Wildcard all the way at the bottom. And um, we now today are going to be doing something very similar. We have alluded to our own individual power rankings throughout Pinch of Salt with our higher or lower uh, based on each of the team's placings. And now, for the first time ever, Grapes and I are going to be live creating a tier list with our powers combined for the official Salty Runback uh, power ranking coming from Hawks and Grapes for the teams. And then when that's done, we're also going to do a fun little tier list about how how fun each of these teams would be to root for, you know, based on the players that they have, how fun they'll be to watch that kind of stuff. So we're going to be we're going to be banging out two tier lists today and it should be a good time. Yeah, I'm excited. And as mentioned here, uh, as you saw the tiers were kind of separated by the like average ranking. And so like if the average if there was a big jump in the average ranking, that's when I bumped things down a tier so it's interesting to see kind of FlyQuest all on its own supernova all on their own and then like um a lot of those teams kind of chunked together towards the bottom but we have always like been able to have our own opinions and like kind of put them out uh individually but now hawk we're gonna maybe have to fight over who we think deserves to be in which certain location which might be a little different compared to to what um we've done in the past so uh, let's start things off right away, I guess. We just yeah. want to go right, uh, left Let, to right let's, with DSG. Let's just, let's just go left to right. I, I only listened to like half of what you said because I spilled water on myself while you were talking, but <laughs> it's fine. Like We're, we're going to go for it. DSG, Graves, this team's good. They are good. Um, as I think you, if you listen to our episode of Pinch of Salt, which you haven't, go ahead and, and, and tune into that one. Um, I feel like this team has very exciting solo lanes. They have basically known quantities all across the board and on top of that some players that while they are known can continue to make uh improvements and, and climb to the top of, of of challengers league and hopefully like they did in the summer split last split uh promote some players into the lcs and so maybe this is a hot take hawk i know they're ranked third in our poll but i'm gonna put dsg in s tier Ooh, put dsg in s tier i that's interesting i guess so it depends on how much better you think FlyQuest is than this team, right? Because if if we think that FlyQuest and DSG are on a similar level, then I think that makes sense. But hmm, I'm trying to think because I also do not have DSG as my personal second place team. Oh, <laughs> I have DSG as my third place power ranked team. So I was kind of feeling more A tier range with this one. All right. I was personally, I had, I had DSG. I probably have DSG second if I was doing this, but for now, let's stick them in A, and then we can. Okay, okay, yeah, we can because we can also adjust, like if we yeah. if we feel the need. Okay, I feel like that feels pretty safe. Now we have Team Liquid Challengers, which this one is going to cause controversy between us because I would put this team in B tier. <laughs> wow, they were our second. <laughs> place community power rank team i'd they probably were. have them i'd probably have them third like right behind disguise which i guess means that you have supernova in second place which i'd be interested it to does mean i have supernova in later. second place yep yep um, yep okay so tl when we did pinch assault i said this team is ranked way too high i have this team fifth team liquid has a lot of very solid lcs level players they have spawn and and jenkins who i think if you stick them in lcs now uh, in the right situation, because I don't think that Dig necessarily was the right situation for Spawn, they would perform middle of the pack, maybe at, at the very least. You know, we saw 
Jenkins over on CLG. We saw Spawn previously on Dig. And then on top of that, they have Keel, who's a very exciting prospect. Kim Down, who's a very exciting prospect. And both have proven to be top half, if not even higher than that, mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. their respective roles last There's a year. lot of things to like about this team, I won't deny. And they have an LCK CL mid. So you guys really hate this this guy, this Roamer guy. In the no, 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 no. That's not the only reason. I, first of all, I, I will say I'm not super excited about Roamer, based on what I've heard. I think he will be probably very good, though. I think the mid pool in Challengers League is on the weaker side. The problem that I have is that he is paired with Keel, a jungler that is extremely aggressive, is sometimes very selfish, not necessarily, sometimes to the detriment of his team, but a lot of times to the benefit of his team, but he is just one of the more selfish junglers, and a jungler that plays in a way that I think requires an immense amount of coordination. And just when I look at this Team Liquid roster, I think if Keel is not having an MVP level split, again, this team will really struggle to beat anybody on the top half of the table. Because I don't think wow. Romer will be a 1v9 carry, uh, especially, you know, if we're talking about, like, anything like a language barrier. Um, like, I, I just, I you know, I don't think he'll be that much better than the rest of the mids to be a 1v9 carry. I don't think Spawn is a 1v9 carry. I don't think Jenkins is a 1v9 carry. I think they're all, I think those sidelines are very good. I think they will do their job, but Keel is going to be the one, he need to be the one that brings them over the top. And so, yeah, I'm not sold on Team Liquid this split. I, well, I don't know. I... You mentioned all the players. You don't think anyone on that team is going to be a 1v9 carry, except for Keel. So doesn't that just give Keel a really good opportunity to, to play his carry champions and, and really pop off, if, if you think that's the case? Yeah, I think he has a great opportunity to do it. But I guess, like, right. I need to see it happen. Because also, jungle pool in, in, is really strong, right? Shaden's in the league. Kenvi's in the league. Um, like there's some, there's some very good junglers that Keel's going to have to contend with. So I just... I don't know. I, I am nervous for team liquid i feel like they have a roster that could really work or it could really not um so I really i'm willing third i'd be go i'd be okay to go down to like four i'm maybe. willing to compromise and put them in a tier i think a tier is a good spot for them right now and we can okay. we can okay. talk yeah. about adjusting a little bit later right. if there are too many teams in one tier or the other um just gonna do that I right have, now i have i have placed another team I, are so we that, that's interesting do we think how much better do we think FlyQuest is than the field? If you had, like... Because the way that some people are talking about, about it right now and the way that, like, our community poll kind of ended up lining up is that if you, if you like, had betting odds of FlyQuest versus everyone else, it would be relatively close. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Yeah, it's so... It's hard because I guess, like, I don't see... I, I, I don't see FlyQuest as that much better than the field... But I see them as the probable first, unlike anybody else, if that makes sense. Like, I feel pretty confidently that they can be first. And if 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 Sajed plays well, this team is going to destroy this league. They have the best or the second best top laner, the best or the second best jungler, probably the best or the second best mid, the best support. If Sajed is good for this team, it's over. Like, and so I guess that's the way I see things for FlyQuest. And, and, and if Saja's bad, they still have a really disgusting top side and the best support in the league. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I don't really see a world in which this team is not at the top of the table at the end of the split um, or, or near it, you know? So that, I guess that's how I feel about this team. I guess going back to like Team Liquid though, in that, in that sense, you're, 
I feel like using Romer as like a de as like a detriment point to this team where you just I call think it quad, like a top two player. I mean, I just haven't watched enough. I, so tape okay, I really, yeah, really I do, so I have watched no tape. Point. I'm purely going off of secondary sources, so I could be very uninformed. However, I have heard better things about quad than I have heard about Romer. I've heard a lot of good things about players, Hawk, and they just haven't haven't necessarily worked out. I'm gonna say that right and now. And that's so true. I, I mean, maybe maybe Romer will be him and Quad will suck. Like, I mean, it's totally possible. That, that's I just, just like I feel like, like I, I mean place those I, two like in some like at, like similarly towards the top half. I, I feel like right now because I don't know. I can't. I feel like I can't put them. I think Romer will be. Yeah, I think Romer place. will be a top half mid. Like, I guess. Will quad be so? Like, so if we're if we're gonna talk about the difference two. between if we're gonna real quick talk about the difference between FlyQuest and TL, I think quad has a uh, whoa. <laughs> I think FlyQuest has a top two player in every role, other than like maybe Sajed. I think Team Liquid has like a top four or five player in every role, just across the board. Right? I'm not. I'm not super willing right now to put quad like at the top of the table above like young and maybe shochi oh i'm not either but in I any mean, way more than like he's Romer. probably I, I think no okay that's fair I just, that's I fair think okay he'll probably but player. he'll probably even if he's worse than young and shochi i i would be very surprised if, if FlyQuest is a team that is also pretty good at scouting talent at this point they have made a reputation of this better than team liquid team liquid's great at developing talent but they're not good at scouting it um <laughs> like FlyQuest has a great track record of uh, of scouting talent so yeah the rest of the mids in nacl are not that good i would i would just kind of guess that quad would be at worst like third place unless like something really wrong happens which you could i don't know i mean i could be totally wrong i maybe i'm biased i i don't know i just feel like i i'm willing to bring FlyQuest down are, okay here's the question are we in agreement that they're number one i i think so but i think that there could be another team potentially like in S tier, my I think DSG would be an S tier alongside them. I think, I I guess you think Supernova would be an S tier alongside them, and I guess we can't I, put like I all do. three of them in S tier yeah. right now. Uh, so I I would have, have to... Supernova probably at the top of A or an S tier. Yeah. All right. Well, I I guess I'll stick FlyQuest there right now. I do think they're very good. I I know I'm like hating on them right now. I'm kind of I'm playing devil's advocate in the way that like. No, 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 no. This, this is what this is about. This is this is the way, yeah. especially towards the start of the season where they have two new players in their carry roles. We talked about in our headline. So, um, I, I also here's a here's another thought. We could put no one in S tier. If we don't think uh, that anyone is that clearly ahead of the pack, there could be no S tier team. And there's just a bunch of teams that we think are going to be very, very good. I feel like four teams in in a tier is a, is a little is a little aggressive though, and I don't necessarily think. I mean, if we if we think that, that there's four teams that are all on the same level, I don't know if I do. I don't know if I do think that though. Let's talk about Supernova <laughs> real quick, and, and let's place them right now. I guess. Okay, okay. Let's talk about Supernova because um, we also disagree on this team. Yeah, I have them. I guess like fourth behind TL. Um, I do think it's very debatable though because i think when you look at their players they're all very close in terms of like head to head and who like what i have in regards to them those guys faisal versus jenkins i think could swing either way kenvi versus keel if keel's having a good day that could swing one way or the other uh shochi i think is very well established but then and then i don't really know anything about rumor um spawn and array i think you know are pretty close because just they're both players who can team fight really really well um yep. and then and then i think diamond and kim down also also pretty even especially considering what we saw from kim down towards the end of summer so 
I feel like they're very close to each other. And if we're ranking Supernova high, you also kind of have to rank TL in a similar space. Yeah, that's that is a fair assessment. Um, here, Grips, I'll tell you what. I, I I'm just gonna I'm gonna hit you with I'm gonna make you a trade offer. Okay, trade offer. <laughs> okay. We put DSG at the bottom of S tier. Supernova at the top of A, Team Liquid behind them, and then AOE also makes it in the bottom of A tier. Ooh, AOE making into A tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Let, what do you think? What do you think about that? What do you think about that? So we we do okay, we so, do we do it like this. So I definitely think AOE is fifth. That that was my like I we ha I had like my own internal thing that I prepped before coming into this episode. I think AOE is fourth for the record, but I'm willing to compromise. <laughs> fourth place for for dude, AOE. their bot lane is, is fucking different, man. Their bot lane is different. I'm telling you, they do have I think one of the best ads in the league, and they do have at least like a top four support, top four or five support. But I think you could stick him even. I think you stick Breezy kind of a little bit higher if if you wanted to. Um, Wixie Breezy. I know a lot of people are very excited about that. I'm just a little bit worried a about how volatile Samudo can be and how you know against somebody like Tenacity Thirty, some of these really talented top laners. Like, how is he going to be able to like stand up to them, or is he going to maybe struggle a little bit like we saw um, at times? Top lane is going to be very exciting to watch this split. Just like. For the record, it's gonna It'll be, be exciting. Yeah, pretty sure explosive because we've got I some. Our like top like five or six top laners are very good at League of Legends, and even and even when you get past like those like kind of top tier like top of the half like I guess like the top five teams that we have like right now in this tier list, you still have Philip Quacker Dragoon Alorb's been known to like destroy people. Inspirex is still adjusting to top lane, but maybe can become something soon. Um, but yeah, I think I'm a little worried about how Zamudo can can kind of keep. Like can kind of keep a consistent level of play, and then Rose Thorn and Onet, I, I'm a little bit, I'm worried about them as well because they, I, I don't know, I don't know if they, I don't know if they are able to match up against like again the very strong junglers, uh, in NACL that we have right now, and then and then Onet, I think is kind of just in this amalgamation of like the the middle of the pack. And yeah, the yeah. I mean Onet, Onet is a bit of a point of concern, and I I can understand that. Like he is probably the most questionable player on any of these top five teams that we have right here other than like it's probably him or Sudjet, right so so like i i can see that i, I think rose thorn will be completely fine um against these junglers because he fills a different role like he's not a 1v9 jungler so so grapes here's a question for you when you talk about team liquid is there no world in which you see any sort of regression from keel in your mind because that might be part of it for me. Not even like a regression, but I feel like if Keel is not literally like the number one jungler in the league again, or number two at worst, like I just think Team Liquid is going to really struggle. Do you not do you not see that as a concern? Like I'm actually really curious to pick your brain on this because Keel had a fantastic 2023 and he is a great, great, great player. And I would expect him to be playing at that level, but it's... I mean, he, he has a volatile play style, you know, like, like Keel is a very, uh, like, like when Keel's doing well, your team's doing well. And when he's not, your team's not right. So, yeah, I, I think we, um, saw 
basically the whole year, even the spring split when Wildcard was, was doing well with like Moose Hater and stuff, Keel, I think very like kind of under the radar, was having a really good split and then really burst out in the summer. Uh, and even if you go back to 2022 when he was on, um, you know, AOE Ginger Turmeric at the end and in that summer split, I know that's a tier three team, but they made it to Proving Grounds and went on a big run, I think, large part thanks to Keel, and that's what kind of got him the NACL spot in the first place. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, you're not wrong. It's almost a year and a half of super consistent play, and it's not like he's changed his play style in like a negative way one way or the other. Like He can definitely like pilot some of these other champions that we maybe don't see him play as much, but also um, like he hasn't given up what he knows best. And, and even thinking about uh, his time with Peach Cats here in, in, in ACL, like they... They want. They got second place in that league. They almost beat Winthrop, uh, which with with a team full of, you know, some some pieces that were were a little bit swapping all over the place. I know that they had like a bunch of different top laners and supports throughout that year. Uh, but Keel was because he's part of that team. They made it to. Yeah. He's been at the top, been at the top of the, the top of the table, kind of all all season long, and and even dating back to like summer 2022. So I'm I'm confident about him. Don't get me wrong. Keel should absolutely be one of the best junglers in this league. And, and I think he will be. He has been, because like you said, it is now three consistent splits of Keel. I think not only being one of the best junglers in this scene, but exceeding the expectations that were previously set for him as well. So, yeah, I mean, it could totally happen again. I guess I just see that as like, like he's got to keep doing it. This is a huge prove-it split for him. Um, okay, let's... Let's 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 put it this way. Do you see AOE as being closer to Supernova and Team Liquid or Cincinnati Fear? I have them closer to Fear, actually. Like the Fear wild card, like Maryville Mirage, wherever you. I have them closer to that part than the top four. I feel like there's more of a consistent top four right now than there is, mm. and then like and then the other six teams after. Okay, I'm gonna hit you with a trade offer. You know what? I'm okay with that actually. All right, we're okay with that. All right, all right, all right. And then it seems so, like we're putting fear. We're putting fear right here, right? I think so. I, I I've noticed people rating fear a little bit lower than we even had them in the community power rankings. I mean, we are as well, going from fifth to sixth. But I've seen some sevenths. I've seen some eighths. I saw a tenth somewhere on a tier list the other day for for fear. Who are these but, people? What? Um, I I think they have some concerns I, I know toasty and daption are rookies um rookies for adaption because he's been here for a long time but i'm very excited about lens i think their top side is going to be solid i think it's gonna be a, a, a very a very solid team very decent yeah. team i i think fear will be very good and i uh i feel just just for the audio only people as well since i know i kind of stealthily made those changes currently we have fly quest alone in s tier DSG, Supernova, Team Liquid in that order in A tier. And then in B tier right now, we have AoE and Cincinnati Fear. And Graves, I feel like, uh, barring any, like, surges from one of the teams down here, which is possible, but unlikely, this to me feels like a very powerful top six and a probable top six at that. All right, yeah, I, I think I agree. I think C and D tier can fill out the rest of yeah, the people I, I agree. right now. Yeah, I agree um now Let, maybe how, a hot take yeah. where do we want to where do we want to go here do we want to put okay we're starting with lit i i would put lit, lit was ninth at the top place of C tier 
I think this is a, an easy one for us because Lit was ninth in our in our power rankings in Pinch of Salt, and then we both yeah. said higher, right? And so yep. if we're going to put two in C, two in D, I think that means Lit has to go in C because we both thought that it would be a little bit better than, than ninth. So that means at least seventh or eighth in some capacity. Yeah, that's true. That that does make sense if we're if we're gonna do it like two and two. I will say I actually was maybe thinking of just one team in D tier, to be honest with you. Um Okay. And what team but, would that be for you? Do you think that is wildcard, like the community thought, or is it someone else? I think it's Maryville. Ooh, you put Maryville in there. Okay, let's talk about that. Why do we think Maryville yeah. is the tenth place team? Because they were eighth in our in, in the community poll. They were eighth in the community power rankings, and we both said that they would be lower, which which to me signals that even if they're not the only team in D tier, like I I personally on my power rankings I have Maryville tenth, and I would have them alone in the bottom tier just because I feel like this team has a lot of very good players on it that currently it does not feel like their skill sets are being utilized in the way that they need to, and the team maybe lacks a little bit of direction, at least based on what I have seen from Maryville so far in fall Lol. And I just worry uh, in a, uh, in my opinion, I think the higher, the the level of play in the NACL is higher this split than it was last year, at least on paper, it should be. Um, and and the, the, the strength of schedule is going to be more difficult. Last split, they avoided relegation. I think their roster is weaker than it was last split. I think the level of play is higher. I just think Maryville is going to fall behind. Um, uh, and 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 they're gonna have to fight for their life against Winthrop. <laughs> That's really what I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that take. Like, I I think it's it, it's hard because I think every team in the Challengers League is good this split. And Mar Maryville has some great players. I still think pretty highly of Getback, especially uh, considering the midpool this split. I think Getback should should hopefully have a good split for himself. Um, you know, I I think Scary Jerry and Zyko, uh might still be able to find their footing better than they did in the summer. I really don't think super highly of this top side. I think Iconic is a good player. I think I think Spyrax is a great player that is not great at top lane. Um, you know, that's just where I'm where I'm at. I have multiple people ranked as like like worst or or like ninth or tenth in like in their respective roles. And you know, it's just cuz someone has to be there, right? But it's, that that is unfortunately just the reality. We mentioned that I think I mentioned some point during Pinch Assault that I think all 10 of these teams have a ceiling of top six. If things go yes. right for them and if things go bad for another team, their ceiling is at least making it winning a playoff round. Anyone can beat at anyone least a stage here. in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Maryville is actually a team that I think I would be higher on at the end of this split than the start of the split for a couple of reasons. One is that, you know, Spyrax, if he is going to play top lane, is going to have more time to adjust to that position. And also, um, if. Um, you know, certain roster changes happen. I think specifically Yuji is yeah. a player that I, I'm not sure if he's going to be starting or not right now. I will I feel differently about this team if Yuji is starting. Yeah, right now the sentiment I think is iconic playing. Uh, and, and that makes sense if you want Yuji to kind of adjust to school life. I know that's what they did with APA back in 2022. I think if he's slotted in and, you know, you have Yuji Spyrax in one way or the other, um, maybe this team can, can take a, another couple of steps. But especially from what we saw in the fall, um, I mean, Maryville was worse than SLU, which is this wildcard team, essentially. Um, and they were worse than Winthrop, who's a team in the qualifiers. And so I, I, I do think that they are maybe a, a little bit at risk unless they, they really find a formula that works for them and, and stick to it. They barely missed out on relegation in the summer split, and I don't know if that's going to be the case again this time. Yeah, I... 
I would agree. I, I just I just feel like Maryville to me right now. Uh, I think this team has a actually a higher ceiling than some of the others at the bottom, but I do not feel that this team is anywhere close to reaching it at this current moment. Maybe they do. Uh, I would be excited if UG came in. I unfortunately do just have Maryville 10th in my power ranking. So that so that leaves these two teams grapes. Now, the question first off is whether or not there's another team joining Maryville in D tier. And the second question is which of these teams is next? Okay, so so let's first of all talk about what we think about this Mirage Alliance roster now that um, some changes have kind of gone into place, right? Scooped is out. Prismal has swapped over to ADC. Dardock has swapped from jungle to support. And they have Will now in the jungle. I'm personally pretty excited about Will, but I'm not necessarily sure how much this bot lane is going to necessarily be an improvement, especially considering that Prismal hasn't played AD competitively since, like, last spring. Yeah. Or spring 2022, actually. And um, Dardoch, of course, was a solid support in Tier 3 last year, but it's still a new position that he's going to have to adjust to quickly. I have some thoughts and some major concerns for this Mirage Alliance team because, um, yeah, I think Will's a great player, but I think he's about in the same tier that I would personally put Dardoch, and I think he's a different kind of player as well, and I, I would have personally preferred Dardoch's jungle playstyle for the original Mirage Alliance roster as opposed to the Will playstyle, just based on like the names on this team and how I would expect it to function. I would expect this team to play a little bit more through like its mid-jungle 2v2s, not so much like I think Will, a little bit more of a slower player, um you know, and, and is not quite as aggressive as someone like Dardoch. Uh, not, not as much of a game manager, maybe, which which I think is what this team needed in the jungle. In addition, um, if the level of play that Scoot was playing at was really so bad that they had to kick him, and now, like, Prismal and Dardoch is seen as an upgrade over Scoot and Prismal, that, to me, Grapes, is very concerning. Um, I think Prismal is a good AD carry, uh, but I would not have him super highly rated personally. And Dardoch was a fine support in that he added value to the team uh, outside of just his mechanics, right? Uh, it was his leadership. It was his shot calling. The team was going to get that anyway. So so I honestly see this as like a like side grade at best as far as my expectations for Scooped were and then like my expectations for Prismal a downgrade at support and then like a side grade that is like maybe we needed a wrench but instead we have an like a screwdriver for jungle you know what i mean like i i am really concerned about the roster swaps for this team uh be that have been made and so yeah i know in the power ranking when we did our pinch of salt we had mirage alliance was community power ranked seventh and both of us said just right. Grapes, I am worried from Rush now. Well, also, I think the big thing is if you're making roster changes before the season starts for performance issues, <laughs> these things are really, really not going too well. Yes. Uh, yeah, I know. Exactly. Exactly. That's um, the thing is it's like if, if things were so bad like, that they needed to be changed, like now all of a sudden my expectation for this team as opposed to the other team is lower than it would have been. But apparently that team was performing so badly that like you had to change yeah, something. I mean, like it's crazy even, to me. Even with like, I think all the points that you made about like the roster and the play style change, like it does make sense. Just the fact that they're struggling right now, and then they had to make these quick roster changes means like things look a little bit shaky. And I think it's fair to put them 
in the D tier. And actually, I think we both were a little bit higher on wildcard, and I think that um, they they could make their way up into C alongside Lit because I I really I am a fan of this this slew core. I think Winnie Darkwings and Aaron are gonna be are gonna be solid, and Doxa hopefully adjusts well, and of course Quacker is gonna be doing his thing. Uh, if you want to hear my our thoughts on, on wildcard a little bit more, you can go to Pinch of Salt. But yeah, that's my proposal. My proposal is wildcard eighth, Mirage ninth for now. I'm definitely comfortable putting wildcard here. I just am trying to decide whether or not I think Mirage goes here or here from me. Um, yeah, because wildcard, I, I, I just don't know if I think they're that much better than Mirage because I still think wildcard's bot lane is going to be not that good um well do you do you think that mirage is way better than maryville because that's kind of the logic that you're gonna have to make to stick them in the c tier i'll, I'll leave this one to you i think i'm comfortable either way i would have this as my iteration but if you want to move them into c i could understand why i think i'm fine with this i think i'm fine with this the other thing we could do is this. <laughs> Maybe. That's another option as well. Um, I th I think I'm comfortable with this. I feel like... Yeah, when, we, when I look at these bottom four, I think Lit is like, at this current moment, I don't think of any of their players individually super highly in the context of the league. Except for Rock Boom is like, very good. Um... But I, I just feel like this team has so much room to grow, you know, Lit, and they, they're they running back the roster, good vibes, like, I, I just like what Lit is doing with their team. And then you've got Wildcard, who I think their mid-jungle should unironically be very, very strong, like, like able to compete with, like, some of the best teams in the league. I think Winnie and Darklings will be perfectly fine. I think their bot lane will struggle, and that's going to hold them out of, like, a strong top six. Um, I think... Mirage, yeah, it's just like bad vibes surrounding that team, and then Maryville, I, we already talked about. I, I think I'm comfortable with this, um, which does make great. Okay, Graves, so let's just take a quick look. Any changes that we want to make? No, I think we're good, uh, and we are. I know running a little bit low on time, so maybe we just gotta wrap it up here. Yeah, maybe. I, I, maybe I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with this. Like, and I guess I'll post yeah. this on our socials and see what you guys think when the season starts. Yeah, I just to to break it down really quick. We have FlyQuest alone in S tier. Then we have DSG, Supernova, and TLC in A tier. We have AOE Esports, Cincinnati Fear in B tier. Lit Esports and Wildcard in C tier. And Mirage Alliance and Maryville in the basement in D tier. Um, yeah, I know we said we would tier list uh, the teams based on how much we want to root for them. Maybe just stay tuned and see how much we like them. Um, <laughs> honestly, Don't you want to reveal our bias like, too quick. Yeah, and you know what? I feel like we kind of tipped our hands a little bit as we were talking about this anyway. Like how much we like certain teams. Like I know I'm I'm probably this split going to shill for like AOE and and FlyQuest and Lit. You know, like I. <laughs> Like, Grapes is going to shill for Team Liquid, Cincinnati Fear, and Wildcard. Like, that's just how it goes, you know? <laughs> I, I, you know, I guess that's the size we're taking for now. And, and um, yeah, we're, we're super <laughs> excited for the NACL season to begin. Qualifiers as well. Once again, you could catch our first episode of our new show, Tier 3, tonight, 7 p.m. this upcoming Thursday. That'll be... Um, breaking down all the open qualifier action, breaking down the groups for the first week of GSL as well. Um, and enjoy the NACL, everyone. We're here for 2024. I know situations 
aren't as ideal as we'd always like them to be, but and I, I'm very excited to, to put our full heart and, and commitment into this league once more for this season, and I'm ready to do it alongside you, Hawk. Oh, yeah. We'll be putting in overtime for sure. Stay tuned on Monday as well for another special announcement. We are going to be unveiling a brand new weekly product starting next week. Six days from now is going to be the first show of that. So uh, you guys are not going to want to miss it because, oh, boy, we got some good stuff in the works. But if you think RJS is God and should not be in D tier, you can go ahead and take what we said with a grain of salt. Next episode going to be coming out on Friday next week as well. Friday early afternoon before our other uh, big show. We got we got two Friday releases, just kind of the way the cookie crumbles with our schedule. Um, so be sure to stay tuned for episode 37, probably coming out at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Friday. Our announcement on Monday. I've been Hawk. That's been Grapes. Follow us on social media at Pod. 